Well, hope you're having a great Black Friday, everyone. Thank you for spending part of it with us. DeMarco Farr, J.B. Long, looking forward to Week 12 at Arizona, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Cardinals in a rematch of October's victory at SoFi Stadium. Always thankful for you, my friend, DeMarco. We are uh, coming to you remotely tonight. Give us your current GPS location. Uh, currently like two steps from the couch, which I'm going to jump right back on when we're done because I ate so much food yesterday. It was so good. The the fellowship, the family was awesome. Thanksgiving was, was, was awesome. The football games are great. I could put my feet up and watch, didn't have to stress over it and, and watch, uh, some teams get beaten and some teams win. It was awesome. How about you? Uh, we are coming to you live from the in-laws office, yeah. uh, just a couple steps away from the gathering and uh, happy to step away and get some time with you. But also uh, the stars aligned for the longs and for my in-laws because uh, my wife is from Western Phoenix, uh, just about like a good Matthew Stafford season worth of passing yards from the yeah. stadium where we will be on on Sunday. So looking forward to receiving you and MJD and Adam and the rest of the Rams uh, tomorrow at the team hotel and then seeing if the Rams can't continue their reign of dominance in the desert against the Cardinals this weekend. As we descend on the desert. I love it. I love going to Arizona to play. I mean, that's, you think you could live there? No, Uh, yeah, dry? Maybe seven seven or eight months per year. (laughs) It would have to be like the reverse snowbird, right? You flee for the summer for cooler climbs. But uh uh, few venues have been more hospitable yeah. to the Rams than this one. I think it's called State Farm Stadium now. It's gone through a couple of different names. But uh, for whatever reason, and I think the primary reason is that the Rams have been very good under Sean McVay and the Arizona yeah. Cardinals have not been particularly strong. Uh, he has not lost here. The Rams under McVay have not lost here. And that streak goes uh, even back to the Jeff Fisher days, as you well know. You know, it's crazy, you know, when you fly over or when you drive up. And I, I like the drive up to that stadium. It, it looks like the world's biggest toaster oven, doesn't it, from, from a distance? It really does. It's really cool. I bet it's it's really cool. At one point, it was the cutting edge of the NFL, and it's like how fast things change. But uh, at one point, man, that was a, a, a tough place to play. I mean, the Cardinals were really scary when they were rolling. This is when Fitzgerald was, was young. They had Anquan Bolden. It was different. So since Sean McVay took over, it hasn't been so daunting to go down there. It's not as scary. But, you know, at some point they're going to rally. And I I thought Kyler Murray was that guy. I still think he's that guy. Uh, He can give you problems. And you know what else is funny, JB? Uh, James Conner, I think, is a fantastic running back. And I think Kyler Murray is, you know, He's the modern era quarterback. He's a guy that can, you know, move it, throw it from anywhere. But we haven't seen them much as a duo. I know other teams have and have had problems trying to stop, you know, Connor rolling, uh, running the football and then Kyler Murray scrambling. But we haven't seen them that much together. Have you realized that? No, it's a good point. And neither of them played in the week six yeah. win for the Rams at SoFi Stadium. But, okay, give me your defensive lens on that in terms of what having both in the mix means to you as a defensive tackle or an edge rusher. Well, remember Seattle when they were good, when they had Marshawn Lynch, and or they're still good, excuse me, uh, forgive me. But when they had uh, Russell Wilson and, and Marshawn Lynch, when they were otherworldly, uh, you'd have to stop Lynch going one way, and that's tough. And then they would counter with with Wilson going the other way to pull that other end off. So you're trying to stop Marshawn Lynch with one less guy. Well, same applies with Connor when he's running the football. And he is a big, strong dude. He can break tackles. He can make guys miss. And you just flat don't want to hit this dude. He's like a miniature version of Derrick Henry. So they got him going one way. Well, they can boot the other way with Kyler Murray and give you issues. So 
when you're facing that kind of two-headed monster as a defense, really, as a, as a play caller, you're kind of holding your butt out there. You're hoping you can stop the run shorthanded, and you can, you're hoping on the other side you can contain Kyler Murray with one guy. Uh, more often than not, they're going to make you miss and make plays. But, you know, that's what I'm saying. Looking at this, we haven't seen these two guys in the backfield at the same time. So this will be different than what we saw in L.A. It's an interesting conflict of incentives for the Arizona Cardinals because on the one hand, they're closing in on a top two pick. On the other hand, they're playing some of their best football of the year and as healthy as they've been all year with Kyler back at the controls. Connor, you mentioned Buda Baker returns this week to face the Rams. He did not play in their first meeting, and I think he's probably their best player, uh, at least on defense. So uh, a lot of interesting dynamics in this Week 12 trip to Arizona, much of which we'll dig into over the course of this show. Uh, we'll talk to the Rams cornerback, Akella Witherspoon, about his first year in Los Angeles, why it's been a career year, what it's like to go up against Kyler Murray and deal with some of these dynamics that DeMarco is is talking about. On the Rams side, we haven't seen Kyron Williams since the second half trampling of the Cardinals. And when we left the stadium that day, we thought the Rams had found an identity on offense. Yeah. Instead, he spent four games in five weeks on injured reserve. We'll see if they can recapture some of that uh, as they get set for a December push. Uh, but first, DeMarco, did you watch the Thursday games, the Thanksgiving football? Any oh reflections God. on what we've seen in the National Football League already? Okay, Dallas is scary. They are. Um, and it's funny to watch. I, I guess certain people eat their words. You know, when you talk about the Cowboys and you watch, you know, sports talk, you know, TV, talking heads, and you listen to it, Dallas is always, you know, top of mind for a lot of people, and it gets stupid. But, man, when they're playing, when Dak Prescott is rolling, and that defense, Micah Parsons is getting after people. Dude, look, I don't care what you thought about the NFC. It's going to be tough when you get to the Final Four, whoever that is. And Dallas probably factors into one of those. Uh, I feel bad for Jared every time the the Lions lose, and I don't think they should have lost the Green Bay, but they did. Uh, I do not think the Packers are a better team than the Lions. They just not did not play well, but every time they lose, I feel bad for Jared. Is that fair? Uh, fair. <laughs> and the Green Bay Packers are quickly becoming a problem. Like yeah. I think in my standings, my mental standings, I had banked that short week trip to Detroit on Thanksgiving as a loss for Green Bay. Flipping that to the win column, I think, makes them a problem on the NFC playoff bubble. Yeah. Because, you know, Seattle's potentially in a free fall. We can talk about them in a moment. But that loss by Jared and the Detroit Lions put a huge dent, I think, in the Rams' playoff chances because now Green Bay is for real. You look at their upcoming schedule, they could finish four and two or maybe even five and one with the game against Kansas City being their toughest remaining test. And if that's the case, then the Rams are going to need not only Seattle to fall out, but maybe Minnesota too. Oh, my God. So, like, let's just play this all the way out just for fun since we're on radio. So we get to the last game, and let's say we beat San Fran, whatever, and and you needed that to win to get into the playoffs or whatever. And you beat San Fran. You do the impossible. You you turn back the best player on the planet, Christian McCaffrey, and that trade changed everything. So let's say that happens and you miss the playoffs. We're right back to blaming Brett Rippon again. 
Uh, it's a very real possibility. It is a very real possibility. Uh, what about the Seattle Seahawks taking one on the chin from McCaffrey and especially from Bosa and that 49er defense? Oh, my God, man. I was screaming at the TV, and it's it's fun being just an impartial person watching football again, just being a fan. I was screaming for Pete Carroll, man, get Geno out of there at the end of the game. He yeah. don't look right. He's taking a beating. And then I think he got hit and sacked on the next play. Uh, so that was that. Um, I do enjoy watching Seattle lose, but, man, I hate watching San Francisco win. But the other thing is, man, oh, my gosh, how do you stop McCaffrey? I mean, really, how do you stop that guy? It's it's incredible uh, what he can do and what type of player he is and how good they are with him. I mean, they are absolutely scary at times. With Marco Far, I'm JB Long. This is a Week 12 edition of Rams All Access here on 710 ESPN, coming to you from remote locations before we gather together in the desert to see if the Rams can't sweep the Arizona Cardinals just like they did the Seattle Seahawks a week ago. I uh, want to hear from Matthew Stafford before we wrap this segment up, but I also do want to point out the current NFC standings. You mentioned the Dallas Cowboys and how good they are at beating up bad competition. How about the fact that either Philadelphia or Dallas is going to have to play a road playoff game against the NFC South champion? Like the New Orleans Saints are going to potentially host a playoff game. Or the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or the Atlanta Falcons right now have a better chance of hosting a playoff game, a wild card playoff game than those Dallas Cowboys that you digested with your leftovers last night. Incredible. And if they play like that, it doesn't matter where or who they play, really, if Dak can play like that. And, man, do you have as much fun as I do watching Micah Parsons? That's just ridiculous. That's just stupid what he can do. And and how about Bland? I mean, we got a taste of it when we were in Arlington, but he's got more touchdown receptions than most receivers in the National Football League, including all the Rams. Oh, buy a lottery ticket. I mean, it's just your year, man. (laughs) When they're when they're just falling to you like that, and then you're you're you know you're hitting home runs on every single pick. Oh yeah, this this is your year. This is your season. Even though he's been with the Rams for a couple of seasons now, it's still odd not to see Matthew Stafford playing on Thanksgiving Day, right? And as we transition to this matchup and uh, to Stafford and the offense, getting Kyron Williams back and the trip to face Arizona in the rematch, uh, he was a bit nostalgic. He, too, says that he misses playing on the holiday. Absolutely. I loved it. I love playing in that game. I love playing um, the early game, especially always at home. I mean, it's a pretty good gig. Um, You know, go play the game and... and, uh, come home have thanksgiving dinner like everybody else pretty much at 5 30 or 6 and watch whatever game's on at that point and then you got the rest of the weekend off so you don't have to watch what you eat kind of have a have a good time with it um last couple years obviously um a little different story so got to kind of pace yourself on thursday and make sure you don't go too crazy knowing you got a game on sunday so it's uh it's something i miss for sure and just that tradition is is a really cool one it's something that the city of detroit um, you know, and in, in Dallas, obviously, but uh, grew up watching that game as a Cowboy fan. Grew up playing it, you know, in, or played in it uh, in Detroit for a bunch of years. It's it's cool how much the city and the fan base really cares about it. Well, DeMarco, as you've already hinted at Stafford, the key to the Rams having a chance to make this playoff push without him at Green Bay, it did not look good. It immediately led to an addition to the quarterback room in Carson Wentz, uh, but his performance in his comeback last week against the Seahawks 
adequate, maybe not his best, but he saved his best for last. You know, look, he he got out there and he got it done and he got the win. So he's only going to get better and that thing's only going to get healthier and healthier as we go. So, you know, getting that W was huge because you have something to build on. And then your quarterback is going to be measurably healthier the next time out. So he was pretty good uh, coming back off the thumb. Uh, hopefully with another week, he'll be a little bit better. And I think he's going to to need it, especially going to Arizona. Now, not a bunch of, you know, killers down there pass rush wise, but it's it's not you know, any little tap to that thumb could set you back again. So, yeah, as long as you keep him upright and Tyron coming back is going to be huge. I hope the way he finished the game and the first time they played, I hope he starts the game that way because that keeps Matt, Matthew Stafford uh, having the benefit of play action. But, yeah, hopefully he'll get a little bit better. But having him back in the lineup was huge for the Rams, no doubt. All right, let's pick up the conversation there then. We'll hear from Sean McVay. We'll hear from Mike LaFleur, offensive coordinator, about what bringing the top running back into the fold means for the Rams' offense as they transition from November, December, and as they hopefully uh, turn the light on for this offense that hasn't scored 30 points since the opener at Seattle. The Kyron Williams return game. We'll dig into that in a preview of Week 12 when we continue here on Rams All Access 710 ESPN. You know, I think you want to be smart about it. You know, I think you want to be able to try to simulate some drills, you know, without the risk of injury, you know, to be able to just get him back to some of the things that, you know, are going to occur on Sunday. And, you know, you can't ever truly simulate those things, Gary, but it wasn't like it was too long ago. You certainly don't take anything for granted, but um, if he's feeling good, you know, we want him to be able to have a normal workload. And uh, I know he's excited to be back and uh, his teammates are excited to have him. Rams head coach there, Sean McVay, on the return of Rams running back Kyron Williams. He was dominant in the second half of the October win over the Cardinals. In fact, his head coach and play caller dialed up eight consecutive runs coming out of that halftime locker room. If you remember, DeMarco, uh, it felt like the identity had clicked into place and the Rams might be in position to really make a run. But still, to this point in the season, they've yet to win back-to-back games. That's their challenge for the first time in 2023 this weekend as we gather in Glendale. I want to get your thoughts uh, on what Kyron can mean for this Rams offense, for the play caller, for the quarterback. And then we'll talk a little bit about the returners uh, to the Arizona defense, especially Buda Baker, one of their oh best run support players. And and really how much you can go back to that game plan that works so well against the Cardinals. But let's start with Kyron, second year back. Do they use uh, that 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 miles per hour thing? You've seen that in the NFL, right? I think that's always fun. Oh, the next gen stats, GPS yeah. tracking. Yeah, it's usually receivers, right? Because yes. you can track those guys in the open field. I wonder what if you put it on Buda Baker, because that dude plays. He's got his football speed is incredible. You know what I mean? I know it's short area stuff, but I wonder how fast he's moving to the football, either blitzing or pursuing backside, because he is just rumbling. He beats everybody to the ball. Well, I know we're both partial to the Huskies, and yeah. we like Buda Baker going back to his days wearing purple, uh, but I've always appreciated his game, thought highly of it. But then last year, I don't know how much of Hard Knocks in season you watch, but seeing how much of a leader, how much of a force, how much of a compass he is for that franchise, even as they were crumbling and firing coaches, et cetera, everything they were going through last season, to me, took him into that top tier. To me, gave him the utmost respect that I have for NFL players. You're a great person to ask. How many Pro Bowls has he made? Not to to make this the Buda Baker show, but how many Pro Bowls has he made? 
because this uh, is the sad thing. Guys like he's a him, five-time Pro Bowler five-time and a Pro 2020 first-team All-Pro honoree. Whatever you think a Hall of Fame safety is made out of, he's made out of the same stuff. Now, whatever that translates to as far as you know, votes and recognition and all that type of stuff, I don't know. But he's made of the same stuff a Hall of Fame uh, safety is made out of. He plays hard. He's tremendous. Like you said, he's a leader. Uh, if you're done with them, we'll take it. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> now, unfortunately, they're suffering uh, some other losses, including defensive lineman Lecky Fotu, who is playing really well, and linebacker Kaiser White, who's now on injured reserve after unfortunately ripping um, his bicep, I believe it was. He had played 100% of their snaps on defense. So a couple of dings on the Cardinals' defense, though they do have some reinforcements like Buda Baker. And for the Rams, now they get, I think, the individual who's clearly their best tailback now. I yeah. like what we've seen from Royce Freeman. Um, I didn't think the Rams would be leaning as heavily on Kyron Williams as they are at this point of 2023. But now that you know that Cam Akers is out of the building and that uh, the return of Daryl Henderson was a, a good stopgap measure, but it wasn't meant to be long-term, now I think you're riding or dying with Kyron Williams the rest of the way. How do you feel about his return? And Daryl made it back to the practice squad, right? He did. I love this new, I love the way the practice squad works now. This is fantastic. But yeah, I mean, Kyron uh, coming back and playing and how he finished and what he can do. Uh, And we talked about this off air. I guess I'll bring it to uh, the air for a hot minute. So Daryl gets free um, and and Matthew Stafford just missed him or they could not connect. If he, if he catches that, I think he's gone with the, you're talking about the wheel that he missed against Seattle last week. And I I think, and there was one where Matthew Stafford uh, around the goal line, he put it at Daryl's feet and he couldn't come up with it. Um, And I said, if that's Kyron, I think maybe he comes up with those. Or I said, if that was Kyron, do you think those passes are complete? I Hmm. do think so. I think his hands are a little bit better. They're a little bit softer. Uh, maybe you have a shot, especially that one around the goal line at his feet. I think Kyron might have dug that out and scored with it, or at least uh, made a play out of it. Uh, so I think you may get better out of the backfield catching the catching the football with Kyron, and I think he is just as tough, if not tougher, than whoever was running the football in his stead in the in the short area stuff, especially around the goal line. So I think you're going to get measurably better as long as he's 100% and can use all of his abilities out there versus the Cardinals. He's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long, and we are set for a Week 12 trip to Arizona where the Los Angeles Rams are still undefeated since Sean McVay was hired. They've won eight in a row at Arizona. Their last defeat in Glendale was as uh, the St. Louis organization back in 2014. I want to go back to Week 6. You might remember the Rams did not allow a touchdown that day to Josh Dobbs and the Cardinals offense, but they were down 9-3 before scoring 23 unanswered points. Uh, They rushed 28 times for 179 yards. Kyron had 158 of those. Uh, So here's offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur on his recollection of that game and just how much Kyron was impacting the win over the Cardinals. You go back to his last game and it was arguably, you know, his best game in terms of obviously statistically, but not only that, I mean, he got the stats of it, but he did it because he was just I mean, it was it was textbook in terms of how to set up blocks within the run game, you know. So not only was he breaking tackles and stuff, and say it was blocked for four, and he was getting sick. Well, 
it was blocked for six and he was finding a way to get 16, 18 and all that. And a lot of it was just how he was setting up those blocks and staying away from contact. So uh, he brings an element of, you know, explosiveness that, you know, it'll be good to get him back there. Uh, and then obviously just the juice he brings on top of that, his play style, it's contagious. You can feel it on the sideline. I, I believe you probably can feel it from, from the stands in terms of just the energy that guy plays with. Rams offensive coordinator Mike LaFleur there recounting what Kyron Williams meant to the week six victory over the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, now the rematch here in Week 12. DeMarco Cup also had a big day that day. Seven catches for 148 and a touchdown. And that was the week that rookie edge rusher Byron Young uh, was honored as NFC Defensive Player of the Week for getting all over Josh Dobbs. I have to think his speed on the perimeter uh, will do well to neutralize some of what Kyler likes to do for the Cardinals at quarterback. Yeah, once the the Rams woke up, I mean, and, and started to run the football, control it, take air out of the ball, and then the defense kind of shored itself up against the run, and then you forced the game back into, you know, Dobbs's hand, you got after him. Uh, Aaron Donald, I, I thought, was being Aaron again. Didn't have a sack, but he had three hits, and he was a constant pressure. And then Byron Young uh, was, was seeing one-on-one. And I thought... The, the Cardinals did the right thing. They have Humphreys at left tackle who went to the Pro Bowl. They would feel comfortable with that guy going one-on-one with a rookie. Uh, the problem is this rookie is special, and I think he started to prove it. I mean, this is where he really had his coming out party. So there's one thing getting, you know, notching sacks in the National Football League. Uh, you can run a guy out of bounds or touch a quarterback down and get a sack. That's great. Mom, I got a sack, my first NFL sack. But when you go around a professional left tackle with a great move and then hit the quarterback and get the ball out. I mean, that's what you tried to do, and that's what you did. That's special. Uh, you're in the the elite. You're, you're up on Mount Everest now. Not anyone or not everyone can do that. So I think that was his coming out party. So it's always fun to see teams you had success against. So hopefully Byron Young will bring that same intensity and take it up a notch. Let's see if you can get to 10 sacks by the end of the year. So this might be your last best opportunity uh, to be that guy. So get multiple. Don't get one. Get multiple sacks versus the versus the Cardinals. Come back here as the MVP. I think he's got that sort of ability. Let me take you back to the other side of the football because I want to get your perspective on rematches. And when you're a defense game planning for a team that ran all over you through the best half of football they've had this season probably, what are you doing in anticipation of getting back on the field with them? And I guess the gist of my question is, if you're a Rams fan – hoping to turn around and hand it off to Kyron Williams and rush for 180 again this week. Is that a realistic expectation? Is that the goal for Sean McVay in the offense? Or do you have to anticipate that professionals as they are, the Cardinals are going to do everything in their power to take that away from you, in which case Matthew Stafford with a good thumb might be able to really spin it this week? Oh, yeah. I mean, look, when you get whenever you face a team for the second time, this is why division games are always hard. So they know you, number one. So game number one, everyone knows each other. You know what you're going to do. It's who plays the best. Then, depending on how that game comes out, there's going to be adjustments. So here's the thing for the Rams. So I would bet the Cardinals, based on the film, they don't think they can go nose to nose with the Rams offensive line. Their D-line versus the Rams O-line, they would slant towards the Rams O-line. So we're going to have to do something different, either by alignment, we're going to have to give something, give them something they haven't seen, or they're going to start to do movement. We're going to slant our guys right, left, and bring linebackers on, on run dogs and whatnot, trying to confuse the blocking schemes and get people into the backfield. So that only works for about one or two drives or one or two possessions. And then 
you start to make adjustments on the sidelines. Hey, this is what they're doing. This is what they're trying to do. And this is what they're afraid of. And this, we're going to start hitting them with this to get them out of that. So look, it, it, it does not matter. Uh, when they start giving you these adjustments, uh, if, if they start changing everything up, that means they think they can't match up with you one-on-one. Hmm. That gives you confidence. Uh, that gives you the the impetus to keep running the football at them and take them out of that stuff. But there's going to be adjustments. But that only works for about two or three possessions, and then it's right back to the same football game. Uh, he's DeMarco Farr. I'm J.B. Long. Coming up, we'll hear from Akella Witherspoon, Rams Corner, who was considering calling it a career and getting on with his life, including a trip to medical school to become a doctor. Instead, found a new home in Los Angeles and is thriving. He's having a career year. That's not fair. That's not fair. He's, he's a professional cornerback. He's great. You know, he's a handsome dude. He's smart, and he wants to be a doctor, too. What about the rest of us, Mr. Withersmooth? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Genetic for, for, lottery winner, yes, Akella Witherspoon. For, for the everyman, you're killing us, man. Come on. <laughs> DeMarco, I got one more thought on the Cardinals uh, before we, we we pause here in our conversation. And once again, hope you're all having a, a safe and enjoyable Thanksgiving week. And uh, on this Black Friday evening, we appreciate you being with us here on 710 ESPN. I do a lot of uh, radio hits and opposing markets, as I know you do too. And this week, with the Cardinals, I was asked a couple of times, like, what is it about this run of dominance? What is it about McVeigh's Rams being 12 and 2, including the wild card win against the Cardinals and having a plus 188 point differential against Arizona? And I, I tried not to be flippant about it, but I, I do think it boils down to what we said earlier. The Rams have been in a great pocket of time for their organization. They've been really good, really competitive, and the Cardinals have not. Like they fired a couple of coaches in that stretch. Let's let's be real. But the other ingredient, and I, and I want to get your take on this, is it's never seemed to me that Kyler Murray has much interest in dealing with Aaron Donald and the Rams defense. That they have made him, in essence, tap out a couple of times in a few critical junctures and games because of just how troublesome they've been to what I think is still a franchise-worthy quarterback. What say you? I 100% agree. Um, same thing with Seattle and Russell Wilson and now Geno Smith. And Geno Smith is going through it for the first time, and you see how he's reacting to it. And look, man, when Aaron gets out there and the way he plays, he plays for keeps. And, you know, as a quarterback, when you're depending on protection and you're looking at two or three guys you know can't block him, you just know this. When you watch film, they see the same things we see, the same things that make us go, wow, Kyler Murray has seen. And, you know, when the play comes in from the sidelines, he's looking at 99 and says, you know what? OK, we're going to try to do this, but I got this guy blocking him. Man, I'm not sure, coach. Then the ball snapped and you got something you got to figure out what to do with it. And sure enough, 99 is breathing down your neck constantly and he's intimidating and he won't stop. That's going to get to you at some point. Uh, you may even go up to your front office guys and say, hey, look, we got to draft somebody to stop this dude. And then year after year, it doesn't happen. That's going to get frustrating mm -hmm. uh, because the physical price that's going to be paid is going to be paid by you until you figure out how to stop that thing from coming at me. So that would be, it, it takes a lot out of you as a quarterback when you know that Aaron Donald is still out there. He's still coming and he's coming uh, and he's he's coming through your best guy and your worst guys at, at the same rate. He's, he, he wins so fast, and it does not matter who's over him. That's going to get to you at some point. Yeah, no, I hear all that, and I feel like I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth because earlier this week I'm watching Arizona, 
uh, in Houston. And I knew the Texans had won that game, but you're kind of riding the bike and your mind gets distracted. And next thing you know, it's in the fourth quarter and you're, I'm sitting there pedaling thinking, how is Arizona going to win this game? Because they're running out of time. It feels like they're going to, I see Kyler at full speed. And then I recall, oh wait, no, they don't. They come up short in this one and they lose a road game at Houston. And the reason I'm saying all that is because I have an uneasy feeling about this trip to Arizona. Oh. I really do. Yeah. Um, but I could see it going the other way too. If we see that same body language from Kyler at quarterback that says, I just don't have the answers to the test in this one. And we're not in a place where I, where, where I can have success against Aaron in this defense. You know, look, man, um, we were in Seattle or we were facing Seattle and we were talking about it during one of the breaks. This team needs a spark. Now I was thinking pick six or, you know, a big bomb to Puka or somebody out there. It turned out it was Aaron smacking Geno Smith and putting them out of the game. So, right. yeah, I mean, that ability is there. So Kyler Murray, like I said, sees what we see, and he's got to try to stop that, defend that. And, you know, that game versus Houston, uh, look, he's still the same Kyler Murray. I mean, oh, yeah. there's not a pass he doesn't like to throw or will not is not afraid to throw. So, you know, he'll throw some to you. And when he's pressured, uh, the chances of pick go way up. So, you know, this is why Aaron is Aaron, and this is why he 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 rules the West still, and uh, partially the NFL because he intimidates guys like Kyler Murray into going to the bench and pouting. So let's hope that happens again. All right, Demarco and JB with you on this Black Friday night. Looking forward to seeing if the Rams can get back-to-back wins for the first time this season. If they do then the playoff push is really on. We'll talk about those NFC standings and have the latest installment of our playoff eliminator contest coming up. But next, it's Akella Witherspoon, Rams Corner special guest here on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Rams All Access, a Week 12 edition, previewing LA's trip to Arizona, looking to continue their run of dominance in the desert against the Cardinals. I'm JB Long. DeMarco Farr will be back with us momentarily. Still to come here on Rams All Access, we'll take a look at the updated NFC playoff picture, plus the latest installment of our playoff eliminator contest. But hey, this week, I had a chance to sit down with corner Akello Witherspoon, who this offseason thought that his NFL career may be coming to its conclusion, instead latched on with Los Angeles, and he's got some great ties to the Southland, and he's enjoying a career season with the Rams. Here's some of that conversation. Akella Witherspoon, enjoy. Boy, that was hard-earned, and that was a long time coming. It was fun to see you and your teammates celebrate in that post-game locker room. What was it like? What did it mean to you? Yeah, it was uh, It was just an indication of how our practice week went. I mean, we, we practiced hard, prepared well. Um, we were ready for the challenges and just we showed resilience and to come out with the a victory, especially in that fashion, just felt very rewarding. So it was, it was a great feeling. Maybe it's just because we got a glimpse into the SoFi Stadium locker room, but that's as much dancing as I've ever seen from the Rams in a postgame celebration, true or false? No, it was. Okay, so who gets the highest dance grade and who's maybe got some work to do before the next win? Yeah, the highest dance grade probably goes to Trey Tomlinson. He's always on TikTok, so he knows all the moves, but he did his thing. Anyone uh, have yeah, room uh, for growth, let's say? Yeah, um, BY was a little stiff. Really? Yeah, very stiff. I think it's that, that edge rusher, <laughs> a little stiff. He's supposed to have that bend. Yeah, nah, he don't got it. What about reflections on how you played um, against the Seahawks this season? We did the math, and in two second halves against your division rival, 
Three combined points, five first downs, 97 net yards. How does that strike you? Yeah, I think it's just a testament to our mindset as a group and have challenges early on in the game. And then it's just about how you respond and the adjustments that you make. And uh, we were able to just refocus and and find a way to shut them dudes down and come out on top. There are some fun wrinkles that you threw at them as well coming out of the bye. Uh, Six DB package with four safeties, yourself and DK. Were you excited about deploying some of the self-study that you guys did during the extra time? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're always looking for ways to get better. And we, we just saw an opportunity really to make the game easier on ourselves is what you're always looking for. It's such a challenging job, reacting for a living. So we're able to... Uh, put those to work and just make those improvements. Akello, after your time with the Niners mm-hmm. uh, from your rookie contract, I know you spent an offseason with Seattle before mm-hmm. being traded to Pittsburgh, right? Does that color your experience when you do go head-to-head against the Seahawks in any way? Yeah, absolutely. Just the connections that I have with the people is the biggest thing. Uh, and just trying to balance that line of, of relationships while also staying in that killer mentality. And uh, that's just that's just part of the game, though, and part of, honestly, the, the luxury of being in this league for as long as I have. I don't know if DK Metcalf's going to get any fines coming out of week 11 like he did week uh, one, Oh, no, right? we kept it very cordial this week. That was, the, that was the plan coming in, and I'm glad it went that way. There you go. I yeah. want to ask you about the other DK, the Rams DK, DK1. Yeah. And kind of the roller coaster season that he's been on, which is, I think, emblematic of life in the National Football League as a corner. You can speak to that better than any of us. Yeah. And I know your career and your circumstances are not completely analogous to his, but I wonder if you look back on your mm-hmm. time in the NFL and you mm-hmm. see some of what you went through early in mm-hmm. your career and what DK is experiencing now. Yeah, absolutely. That's just what I'm able to give him is just my learning experience uh, and just letting him know that there's a way to endure these type of times and it's by being committed and working hard and, and never doubting yourself, questioning yourself. And he's he has that naturally, but it's just good to be reminded. And, and I think he's done a great job really just staying true to himself. And, and we saw that yesterday. Does that mentoring role come naturally to you? Um, no, I think it's happened for me through experience. Um, I was always taking on information, just not playing football as much and just being an open book and trying to gain as much as I can. And now I'm at the point where I feel pretty comfortable with the amount of experiences I had and how to get out of stuff or stay resilient through a game. So it's just being available for others and, and kind of re-giving that same information that I was given and just giving people that, that peace and that calm to, to stay diligent and stay true. You've had a great first half of the season in your mm-hmm. time with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Uh, some really memorable highlights, including the interception on Monday Night Football at Cincinnati, mm-hmm. where you kind of went through the shoulder of Tyler Boyd. Mm-hmm. There's also that toe-tap pick against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Either one of those strike you as your favorite. Either one of those go down as maybe your best defensive play as a pro. Yeah, I think the uh, the one on Boyd is my best play as a pro, and the one the toe-tap was my favorite, just because there was so much preparation into that play as well as history of giving up a go ball to, to Brown last year. Interesting. So I was coming in knowing exactly how they were going to attack me, how I was going to set it up, and then try to get the pick. So for that to all come together was was very rewarding. All right. I hope your next one leads to a Rams win, too. Yeah. Everything needs yeah. to align there. What yeah. about your favorite challenge, your favorite matchup in the National Football League, someone that you respect and enjoy going against? Yeah, I think Jamar Chase um, so far just because he's just a complete receiver. Uh, and then he has has Joe Burrow throwing the football to him, which is a whole nother animal. But but I just really love competing against him and just the way he believes in himself and two people that are, are that are about it. 
I think some of our audience has come to know your backstory. I do want to revisit it for everyone's benefit, including my own. Uh, we know that you were a multi-sport athlete as a youth. Mm-hmm. Uh, soccer and basketball were mm-hmm. your passions. Do you mm-hmm. have a favorite between those two? Soccer. And mm-hmm. I wonder what that means in terms of advice you might give to young athletes or their mm-hmm. parents in terms of the opinion on sports specification yeah. versus allowing youth to kind of play a wide range of sports and what that might mean for their mm-hmm. Uh, future prospects yeah i definitely support just a variety of sports i think uh just for movement skills in general and just the ability to, to react as well as the the fun that i that i had and experience growing up just going back and forth to different things and not really having that pressure expectations of hey you're going to be this because you do this year round um and just just i really think it just has helped me bring all those skills and, and be effective as a football player but not having a lot of prep football tape, I imagine that made the recruiting process hard yep. and you transitioned from high school in the Sacramento area to Sacramento City College mm-hmm. to kind of prove uh, your, your football wares a little bit more before going to Colorado. Yep, did one semester at JUCO, uh, started at corner and then played a little bit of safety just to get a little more action. And by 2016, you're leading the nation in pass breakups yeah. as a buff. Uh, yeah. Do you enjoy your time in Boulder? Loved it, yeah. You played for uh, Coach McIntyre. I remember covering some of your games. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you make of the Deion Sanders era so far in Boulder? I mean, I think it's fun for college football. I think it's good just for the, the kids and the potential that that uh, Colorado has just with having a, a quality head coach. A um, little more hype than than I'm used to. <laughs> <Little? that>. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I don't I don't judge. I just support whatever's whatever's in at the time, I guess. And that's where that's where Colorado is. So I'm I'm supporting it. Pretty unique to see a defensive back rise through the head coaching ranks. Like I think that's another one of the many trails that he's been blazing. Uh, that probably is underappreciated, but as one of the all time greats at at your position, uh, now leading the Buffs. I want to ask about your academic career. Uh, because I, I know you're a good student and you were an ambitious student. You went to Boulder and got a pre-med degree. Yeah. Tell me about your interest there. Um, just really wanting to, to do something that challenged me was where it started. Um, always been a math science type guy. And so I went to Colorado and got my biology degree. Uh, and then obviously I have aspirations to um, go to med school when I'm done with football. And so just uh, just taking whatever the path was that I that I found fit to uh, pursue those those goals, really, regardless of what happened in the football world, because at the time you're not sure if you're going to go to the NFL or should even start when I was in college at one point. So uh, just really doing my due diligence and and taking ownership of my education. I know a lot of student athletes struggle to find the time to Mm -hmm. pursue the academics that they want in Mm -hmm. the context of everything else that's being asked of them on on the competitive side. Mm -hmm. Did anyone push back and say, hey, Kelly, I don't know if you can be a pre-med and play football. No, I had uh, McIntyre was pretty pretty supportive. Even let me miss some of those early morning uh, conditionings in the sun in the summer, which was nice because I had like a few summer lab classes. But uh, he was very supportive and just understood my commitment to education happened long before I had goals of making it to the NFL. What kind of doctor do you want to be? Do you see yourself as like an academic type or? No, no clue. I mean, I think I just would go into med school open minded and kind of explore that as I go. Well, when you did get a chance to play in the National Football League, Mm -hmm. it was unexpected. It started with the arrival up in San Francisco, brief moment in time with the Seahawks, Mm -hmm. then traded to Pittsburgh for a couple of seasons. 
And I wonder about your thought process this summer, mm-hmm. right? Kind of getting late in your 20s, looking for a new home. Mm-hmm. Uh, beyond OTAs, you do find an opportunity with the Rams. Mm-hmm. Were you concerned about what that next opportunity might be, if it would be, first of all? Mm-hmm. Did you know that there was going to be one there for you? No, I was I was extremely concerned. I have no problem saying it. Just coming off the injury that I had last year, mm-hmm. a pretty bad hamstring. Um, and that was that was very stressful. Just wondering if I can ever run again at the at the clip that I had and just would I have an opportunity to play the game I love. So um, definitely wasn't sure where it would be and just thankful that it's been this. So that transition to medicine might not have been too far off yeah. if you were going back in time to the spring of yeah. 2023. No, absolutely not. It was just comfortable with wherever it went, knowing that I've always put my best foot forward. And then when you do get in touch with the Rams and mm-hmm. this opportunity materializes, mm-hmm. aside from the fact that you really want to keep playing football, what mm-hmm. made it a good fit for you? First, just my conversation that I had with uh, uh, the DB coach mm-hmm. and then uh, Raheem um, and just kind of their their approach of just having good energy and just quality people who they're bringing in. They're not just bringing in any vet. So that checked that box. Um, and then having admiration for the Rams from afar, from either from uh, San Francisco just always being a, t- a tough competitor. And then uh, third, I would say just being close to home, being in California sure. so my family could come support me. So all those things were, were, were good for me. One more time, that was Rams corner Akella Witherspoon. He and Darion Kendrick coming off one of their best performances together out on the edge of that Rams defense at the cornerback position. As we know, the Rams are going to have to make some more adjustments in their secondary with Quinton Lake battling a hamstring injury as they prepare to go to Arizona and take on the Cardinals. Rams looking for their first back to back wins of the season looking to climb the nfc playoff standings demarco Farr rejoins us after this we will take a look at that playoff picture plus my pick in the latest round of our playoff eliminator contest glad you're with us on this holiday edition of rams all access this is 710 espn All right, welcome back to Rams All Access. The Los Angeles Rams looking to continue their reign of dominance in the desert, a trip to Glendale to take on the Cardinals and a chance to sweep another division rival. With DeMarco Farr, I'm J.B. Long. Look, we know what expectations were inside the building, DeMarco, but externally they were not that high. If at the end of this year you can say we had a winning record against the NFC West and we swept two of our division rivals, Seattle and Arizona, that's something to really hang your hat on, is it not? Wow. Um, how does that end in the in the postseason or not? Well, that's still to be determined, but I think yeah. it's the foundation of having a chance to play those weird. meaningful games in December yeah. and January. But it, yeah. look, it, it, if it you're finishing no than... worse than second place in your division for a group that was expected to win, what, six games and maybe finish closer to last than first, I think that's really overachieving. Yeah, it would it would be, you know, it would be, it would be better than losing every, you know, division game, but you know, I think this is, is is postseason or die. But yeah, I mean, beating Seattle twice, beating Arizona twice. I mean, that's that's great. That's something you want to do every single year. But we got to see how this this ends up there. So yeah, um, it, that would be strange, JB. Really, uh, to have a great conference record but not make the playoffs. That would be weird. All right, so you've said it like four times now. Record, yeah. Playoffs, playoffs or bust. Playoffs or die. 
Let's take a look at the updated picture. And it's interesting because there were so many meaningful games played yesterday on Thanksgiving Day. A Detroit loss to drop the Lions to 8-3 and three as the two seed behind Philadelphia. A San Francisco win to get the Niners to 7-3. and three. Now leading the West outright with Seattle falling down to 6-4. and four, And they're the sixth seed. Uh, Seattle now has to take a trip to Dallas and a trip to San Francisco next. <laughs> Look sorry. out. I'm sorry. What's it? Katie barred the door. What's the saying there? Like, they could be in a world hey, of hurt. Better you than me. <laughs> uh, New Orleans is currently leading the South at five and five. They are wow. a four seed. Dallas is as effectively clinched as I think you can be on Thanksgiving week. As a wild card team, they are eight and three and sitting pretty. Um, and then we get into the uh, the nuts and bolts of this playoff push. We mentioned Seattle. Will the Seahawks go into a tailspin here? Will they lose four or five games in a row like they potentially could? They're going to be underdogs for a long stretch here. Minnesota plays Monday night against the Chicago Bears after the Vikings were upset on Sunday night football in Denver last week. And then you have Green Bay ahead of the Rams as well. The Green Bay Packers going into Detroit and winning on Thanksgiving Day. They are now 5-6. and six. DeMarco, please tell me that the Rams did not spark a December push for the Packers again here in 2023? Uh, you know, there was a shot there. Did you see the shot of uh, Joe Barry? Uh, up in the Lots of them. Yeah, I mean, that told me a lot about that. They're believing. They 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 are believing. So maybe uh, w- w- when they went down, when, when the Rams went to Green Bay and got beat down there, maybe that sparked them to be better than what they are. And Jordan Love looked really good, didn't he? He's starting to look like something at quarterback. Yeah, there's something about getting right against the Rams for those Green yeah. Bay Packers. But, you know, with the Rams needing to win, what was it? I think we said six of their last eight games. It's not that we are riding off the Packers, but we're just saying, okay, the Packers are not going to win six of their last eight games. So the Rams only have to worry about Green Bay if they don't do their part. Crazy. Well, now you're in a situation where Green Bay's now one up in that expectation column and they really are a problem given the head-to-head win over the Rams at Lambeau. But let's get to our playoff eliminator contest. It's been a while since I've been able to make a selection because we had to let's just see finagle the rules for DeMarco to get back into this thing because he picked the Dallas Cowboys right Wait, before the Rams went. Every game Arlington. show has a lifeline. Every game show has a lifeline. Why can't we have a lifeline? It's not and- unprecedented. I, I think you were right to bring it back. I think it does give this game some juice uh, yes. to remind our audience. For a couple of years now, we've been drafting teams at various stages during the season that we think are cooked, that are not going to make the postseason. And the more of those teams you have, Uh, the more chances you have to win this game. However, if you pick a team over the course of the season that then goes on to make the playoffs, uh, you go bust and you lose. And DeMarco had Houston, Chicago, New England, Tampa Bay, Tennessee, and Dallas. Houston is problematic, but not as much as Dallas. So last week we gave him a mulligan. He got to eject the Cowboys and he replaced them with the Chargers. So he's kind of back in it. I've got Arizona, Denver, Carolina, the Giants, the Commanders, who just fired their defensive coordinator, Jack Del Rio, and the Las Vegas Raiders. I feel very good about my portfolio. I don't have as many teams as DeMarco, but I don't have as many hand grenades either. Uh, (laughs) It is my turn to draft. And while I'm tempted just to stand pat and see if Houston blows up DeMarco's portfolio, I think it is now time for me to select the New York Jets. Uh, uh. 
Okay. Because much as Aaron Rodgers is threatening to return, I don't think they have the upside left to be a real threat. So, DeMarco, with your blessing, I will go ahead and make my first selection in, I think, about a month, and I'm going to add the Jets to my playoff eliminator portfolio. That's a good pick. Four and six, right? Uh, let's see. They got Miami coming up, Atlanta, Houston, Miami, again, Miami twice. Uh, the Commanders, you know, I wonder. I wonder if Ron Rivera lasts the week or the weekend. What do you think? Because that was I bad. Think, I think yeah. he may have bought himself the margin to finish out this season. I don't yeah. think he'll be back next year, but I think there were a couple of intermediate fall guys that will give him one more chance to maybe call this defense yeah. okay, uh, and see what happens in I think that might be, yeah, last in Washington, but he'll definitely get a job someplace. Um, but yeah, so that's, yeah, that's a good pick. Uh, maybe if Rodgers comes back, who knows? I was The commanders say, who do come to SoFi Stadium in December, by the way. Got to get that one. I was going to say pick Buffalo. Come on. Step out on a limb and pick Buffalo. Come on, JB. Teetering. Currently the eight seed in the uh, in the AFC. They, too, have fired a coordinator. So it yeah. wouldn't be as bold as your Dallas Cowboys pick. But I like I like the way that you live dangerously. You even I picked Tampa it. Bay while they were leading the South. So, you know, no guts, no glory. Absolutely. Uh, how about this week's trip to Arizona? Let's finish with some keys to victory <laughs> okay. for the Los Angeles Rams to get back-to-back wins for the first time this season. Let me break out the notes. Okay, uh, just remember this, right? Um, For as much credit as we gave the Rams for coming back and winning that football versus Arizona, Arizona helped out a lot. They had some key penalties on, like, third down. They had a false start, turned into a third and seven. uh, They wound up punting. They had a fourth and one uh, that they had, I think, another false start um, that they could not overcome. Um, So they helped out, turned the ball over twice in the second half. So they helped – uh, lose that game as much as the Rams to help win it. Uh, so uh, I'm not sure if the Rams are the better team right now. We'll find that out again. Uh, but I'm sure they played. I, I'm sure of this. They played better than the Cardinals did in the second half of that game. So uh, we'll, we'll see who the better team is. And defensively speaking, um, Ernest Jones doesn't get enough credit for being the enforcer that he is. Did you see the lick that he put on Jake Bobo? It sure was did. Bobo's first and only catch, and he hit him right under the chin, and we didn't see Bobo for a while. Um, and he's been doing that week after week. It's just it gets lost in the shuffle uh, at inside linebacker. But he is as physical and as dominant as anybody playing right now. So um, as long as he plays that way versus the Cardinals and Connor, we'll have a great chance of beating the Cardinals in Arizona. Aren't you interesting to see how yards from scrimmage go this week for the Rams skill position players? Like yep. Cooper Cup has returned to practice. How healthy might he be? He had a big game against Arizona. Puka Nakua's got a chance to set the Rams rookie receiving record this week. Kyron Williams returns. We haven't seen much of anything from Higby or the tight ends in a long time. Um, Tutu Atwell has been impacting games, but he hasn't gone off. Like if, if you asked me to say, who are the top three yards from scrimmage getters this weekend against the Cardinals? I'm not sure I'd be able to get the right three, much less put them in order. You know, if I could pick one, it would be Higby. Come on, we, we need a big day. It's time. It's it's you. He had one catch last week, right? Backing yeah, he's, up. He's really oh. been slumping, although they're yeah. asking him to do a, a lot and not necessarily Love contribute the guy. a ton through the air. But yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he had pro football focus his lowest grade on offense for the Rams yeah, last yeah. week. I, I, I love Tyler Higby. He is a champion. He is he is part of the reason why there is a Super Bowl championship in Los Angeles. He's He's been that dude. But, I mean, right now it's like Joe Bag of Donuts. 
we we need more from you. And I would love for you, Tyler Higby, to have a big game in Arizona to stop some of these people from talking bad about you. All right, time to go. The Rams have four of their seven remaining contests against teams currently in playoff position. Cleveland, Baltimore, New Orleans, and San Francisco. This week's opponent, the Arizona Cardinals, not one of those. I gotta have it kind of weekend this Sunday in the desert where the Rams are looking for their ninth consecutive win at Arizona. We'll talk to you from State Farm Stadium. Have a good rest of your Thanksgiving weekend. Be safe. Enjoy the time with friends and family. For DeMarco Far, for Adam Bronstein, our producer, I'm J.B. Long. We appreciate you, as always, for being with us. For Rams All Access on 710 ESPN.